Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. This week we're going to discuss Saturday's defeat against Luton Town. We'll answer a few listener questions and then we'll look ahead to the midweek game against Barnsley. Enjoy. Hello, fellas. Are we good? All right, Nick. Thank you. Good. Good. Another disappointing Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? Extremely. It's probably the lowest I've felt under Alex Nilly now. Yeah. I felt very flat. I I think it was probably... On reflection, a worse performance than Rovers. Yeah, we'll, which we'll is, come on uh, to that in, in a sec. Um, yeah, sorry. Before, the gun. before <laughs> we get into it, not like you at all, that Jim. Sorry, mate. Um, before we get into it, just a reminder that you can help support From the Finney uh, with a one-off donation, as big or as small as you like. Any amount is appreciated. Um, you can just do that by heading over to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney and make your donation. Um all the money that comes in goes towards the running costs of the podcast and the website. So, yeah, anything's massively appreciated. And we're also closing in on 2,000 followers on Twitter. I think we're around, at the time of recording, about 50 away. And it'd be good to hit that, hit that target before Christmas. So, if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on there. Uh, massively appreciated. Yeah, yes, yesterday, well, Saturday, as, as people will be listening to this on Monday, it was... Just a pretty piss poor afternoon all round, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think if um, I think the first twenty minutes is quite even until they scored, and then after that, there's only one team in it. Um, I think if Stockley ch- takes his chance after what seven eight minutes from four yards out yeah. when he heads it into the ground and then over the bar, which I, I still can't work out how he's done, and then Barkey's was it George that tweeted yesterday a quote from Alex Neal? Obviously, he he's got to score him in the ground, saying Jaden, you've got to score that. Yeah. So there's that chance, and then obviously Tom's put it to the keeper's near post when he cuts inside. He's done really well, apart from the finish. Um, he probably has too much time, if anything. Probably, want, probably should put it across the keeper, because Sinclair's at the back post anyway, so if it's just yeah. going wide, Sinclair might be, be able to get in there. But yeah, apart from that, it was very much downhill trajectory after they scored the goal. Um, bit of a scrappy start to the to the play and then obviously as soon as it gets to the lad on the right side it's a, it's a good ball but Hunts has got to deal with it better um, if you look at how far apart Davis and Hunts are when that guy delivers the ball it, they're a good 20-30 yards apart which is far too far too big a gap for two centre-halves yeah. and we just caught, got caught didn't we and it was I think as soon as that goal goes in that, that their aggression and their intent on the game just multiplied and we couldn't live with it you know, and I think the comments after the game from all involved are clear to see that it just wasn't an acceptable performance. And yeah, a lot of questions again are asked on the players' part of view, part to play, sorry, and um, yeah, the manager as well. I think we just got thoroughly outclassed and outplayed by a team that just wanted it more on the day. Yeah, in every aspect as well. Typical Nathan Jones performance that for me. It's. I think they've done to us what we've done to so many teams in the last three years. Just completely outbattled us. They wanted it more. The tactics were spot on. They did a lot of little tweaks yesterday that people probably 
you know, didn't notice, but just completely outplayed us. Like Jimmy said, the first goal, it's shocking defending from Hunts, but Ledson gives it away on the halfway line and then just doesn't press the man. And it's, you know, if there's non-pressure on the ball in the middle, your defender's got to drop off with the run. Hunts doesn't drop off, misjudges it. I know Davis, uh, Jimmy said Davis was far away, but Fisher needs to tuck inside Hunts as well. Yeah. Um, doesn't do that. And it's just an easy goal. So that's the first goal. Second goal was shocking clearance from Stockley on the set piece. We go zonal on the man on the keeper, which is Collins. Fisher's zonal with him. It's a complete mismatch if you don't clear the first ball. Then the third goal was shocking individual defender from Story. So, you know, the two centre-backs at fault for the goals are just not good enough. Um, but I don't think anyone got above a four for me. I, did our ratings in the group chat yesterday? I think Sinclair got a four for me. But, Davis as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought Davis. To be fair, I thought Davis and Hughes down the left were actually okay yesterday. I thought Hunts and Fisher were shocking. Um, and to be fair, I thought the, the, the four worst players for me were the four that were stubbed off. I thought Ledson was horrendous. Um, seems to be getting away scot free. He was absolutely terrible. I thought yesterday. Um, whether that's Catching up with him all the games he's played. This is his first full season, and it really playing every week. Yeah. Um. I thought Stockley was absolutely horrendous. You know, if your game plan is going to be based off going direct to the number nine early and get runners off him, you need your number nine to do something for you. It. You know, we got a little bit of stick for um, saying he wasn't great against Borough because, you know, the team that started the game against Borough, it was only one nil up. You know. Reese came on and changed that game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought, I thought Hunt's, I'm not sure if he's got an injury, but he thought he was woeful as well. So, there was just, yeah, like like it's been said in the press, I'd say it's probably the worst, in terms of commitment, the worst performance I've seen. And Nathan Jones and his team were just so much more up for it. But if you're yeah. going to lose 3-0, you might as well lose to Nathan Jones. <laughs> yeah, I was quite impressed by Collins. Yesterday, that, that I think you, you look at the difference in number nines. You know, Collins, he, he led the line really well. He gave our centre halves nothing really. Um, just a clever footballer, just just clever. You know, he's he's come up through the ranks with Luton. I think he's been in their their squad since they're in League Two. You yeah. know, and he's he's developed as a as a striker. He he gets the level, and he's just he just looked the part. You know, I think he scored a hat trick in the Championship League One and League Two now. For for Luton, you know, that was his that, second hat trick this season as well. That it's class. That you know, fair play to him. But yeah, the, we're just completely done. I think you know, I think forty odd percent of their attacks came down our right. You know, they clearly targeted Darnell. And although you said something really, you saw something straight from the off yesterday about Darnell's positioning and how they exploited it, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. If you want to explain that to the guys, yeah, I just thought it was quite clear they were. Obviously, both playing the same system. They were playing 4-3-3. But Moncur was playing as like a number 10, really, off the left. Dropping really deep. Um, drawing Fisher out and getting Hunts defending wide areas, which he hates to do. Collins was drifting towards their left an awful lot. He wasn't really um, engaging with Davis on the other side. So they were just, you know, bringing Moncur in for the short ball, drawing Fisher going in the space behind. Hunts defending wider than crossing in the box which, you know, you would do. And Nathan Jones mentioned it after the game that they've worked on um, certain movements for the, for, the, for the Collins' first goal. So, yeah, they clearly, um, you know, highlighted our 
right-hand side. And I thought that was probably the most ineffective Darnell's been. Mm. Just completely pinned back all game. And Barky, I said in the first 10 minutes, his defensive dis- distances were absolutely terrible, Barky. I think Jimmy mentioned it last week about starting that many games in a row with asthma and stuff. But yeah. surely, surely Alex Neal knows what the energy levels are like. But Barky's defensive... I actually thought that we were playing cheap wingers in the first 10 minutes where you leave your wingers up and your you centre mid comes into a wide area to defend. But we weren't. You just weren't getting back. And then they were just overloading us down that side. Collins was, you know, wasn't really playing as a central number nine at parts. Um, but yeah, just tactically, there are quite a few things. They really pressed on to Ledson in the midfield um, very early. Well, they went man for man in midfield and Brown isn't as effective as he from deeper position. And Led- they just did a job on Ledson, to be fair. And yeah, just the energy just weren't there. The energy just weren't there. Obviously, they had the extra 24 hours. They made three or four changes, I think. But, you know, he's gone unchanged after a win and it's just not worked. So, yeah, you know, hopefully hopefully he doesn't do the same again. Hasn't he done that before this season in such a short space of time, gone unchanged within like two or three days from a previous game and it's just not worked? Do you not do, you not do it going into the Rovers game? Mm. Yeah, There's another game it. where he yeah. did it and it like it caught us caught us out because we just didn't have the energy and we didn't have the legs yeah. you know I think by the time we played Bristol City on Friday night we'll have played nine games in 27 days and yeah. there's, there's I don't think we've used more than probably 17, 18 players in terms of actual you know I, I think probably we might have only started 15 or 16 of them you know we're, we're not using a, a massive amount of, of, of players and it probably highlights our lack of strength in depth and we've which we've covered quite a lot in this podcast but yeah I, I was a little bit Surprised yesterday when I said it was unchanged. I thought not again because it's yeah. like you just we just needed the energy yesterday, and I, I thought it'd go with Reese. I thought I thought he'd start DJ from the off um, and give Barky a rest because I think every everyone can see like Barky when he plays ninety minutes after ninety minutes in a short space of time, it catches up on him. You know, he's one of these players that he's great in spells, but he's not going to start forty six games for you. Well, uh, look at him early on in this run of games, if you will. You know, he, he, he was drip-fed in, in and out of the squad, uh, in and out of the team, sorry. And and he was he was hitting little pockets of form, scoring goals. I think it was four and five at one point. And then, obviously... It, it was four it and five seems... up to the Borough game, including yeah. the Borough game. You know, that's four and five. And then he, he sort of... He sort of runs out of gas, you know, and then he's probably going to need two or three games off and then he'll come in and do a spell of six and then he'll have four, three, two or three games off. And he's, he's just going to be one of them players that comes in for spells, I think, you know, because yeah. that's when he's at his most effective, you know, and I think it's just going to be a, it's going to be a tough week anyway in terms of the two games we've got before Christmas, um, which feels really strange even saying we've got two games before Christmas because it's just like, it's just come out of nowhere, hasn't it, this year? But... I think these next two games are really pivotal and I think it's um, it's another big week in life for Alex Neal. Mm. By the way, that's the fourth away game in a row that we've conceded from a set piece. It's, you know, it's not being talked about enough. It's a massive issue. We've got no yeah. authority, you know, without Bauer. Rudd has no authority from set pieces. People don't want to hear it, but it's true. I think Collins has probably nodded it in from three yards. It's less than that. It's about, three, it's about, it's about a foot. Yeah, I think you know. Thing is, though, he's got Hughes and Darnell around him, and his Fisher's like flopped, yeah. and Hughes has got nowhere near it. So it's like, yeah. And to be fair, the initial ball in when Stotley heads it clear, just put it out for another corner. 
Mm. Don't just head it up in the air because you're not you're not dealing with the phase. You know, it's yeah. just it's inviting more pressure. Yeah, and because we've because think... because the ball's on the on the on the touchline, you know they can't be offside. So of course you're going to put it put someone on deck because he doesn't come for crosses anyway. We know that unless it's a floated cross, that's what, the only time you see deck coming off his line. If it's drilled in, you know he's stuck on he's stuck on his touchline. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I agree, Jimmy. And they've obviously exploited the short corner to change the angle because we don't go three v two, we go two v two. You know when they go short, so. Just a lot of things were a worry yesterday, but you can't concede from a set piece and four away games in a row. You know, it's it's just not good enough. It's really poor. Um, and it's that's probably a massive reason that we bought Barrow in. Mm. You know, because we were very vulnerable from set pieces. I think it was towards the end of the 18-19 season. Um, so that's red. it's had again. But, you know, people after the Rovers game, after the Watford game, were on about a lack of commitment. I honestly did not see a lack of commitment in those two games. I thought Watford were a much better side than us, um, much better quality, you know, just better players. I thought Rovers, like we were poor first half. The red card and the, and the penalty killed a game. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday, Luton wanted it so much more than us. Um, and when you're man, to, man for man in midfield and you don't want it, then you'll lose the game. Everything around yeah. it is pretty much irrelevant if you lose a midfield battle and your number nine does absolutely fuck all for you. So, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked of. The manager's got it wrong. The manager should never start Stockley there yesterday. He should probably make a couple of changes in midfield. Potts has gone off injured. But you need to win the midfield battle, which we did against Middlesbrough and we just didn't do yesterday. And we should have seen it coming because they Nathan Jones said against Norwich, they started so quick in that first 10 minutes with fans back. Doing it again yesterday. Jimmy said it was quite even, but I thought they started the first 10 much better than us. And then I thought we grew into it between minutes 10 and whenever they scored. But you can't go into a game against the Nathan Jones side looking half-arsed and just coasting through the game, which we did. You can norm- you can carry two or three players doing that. It was-, it was 9, 10, 11 players just coasting through it and it was horrendous. So, yeah. you know... That's the first time for me I've I've questioned the commitment and the attitude of the players because I've genuinely not seen it before. Yeah, collectively it was just a shit show, and yeah. you know there's no there's no dressing it up. It's poor one to eleven. You know, for no one to even get above a five for us is says everything. You know, five no bank average. Well, yeah, and then managers <laughs> included in that. No, managers included in that because he's got it wrong. So, you know, it's yeah. um, there's much work to do. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening that's hoping to find out who got a minus one, it's staying a secret. It's pretty obvious, yeah. you know. It's pretty obvious. It's well, one of two, two players. I yeah, think minus one or two can be. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care though because I give Darnell. I give Darnell Fisher a one yesterday, and he's my favourite player. Just say it as I see it. Stockley got a minus one. He was fucking wank yesterday. <laughs> don't care. Like, how, how's the LEP giving players sixes yesterday? Yeah, there's no one's getting above a three or four there yesterday. There's no player that's getting a six. For me, that's like Jimmy said at the start. I'm reflecting. It's worse than the Rovers thing because yeah. Luton, Luton. You know, I said it before. I said it on the pre-match last week. They're a similar side to us. They've got similar players, very similar coaches, and we've complete been completely out for, outclassed, out tacticked. All of the everything. All, we've, everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, Rovers was 1-0 at half-time, you know, and, and it's 10 minutes different. Yesterday, 
you know, against a similar side, we've been absolutely battered from start to finish. And it and that's shit. I don't remember my worst memory as a North End fan is the Bristol game in about twenty ten. I think we got beat four one. Yesterday was as bad as that for me. And it, it there was a Rochdale game in League One as well where we got beat three 0 away at Scotland, um, which is absolutely woeful. But yesterday was right up there for me. So when your whole game plan is based around looking for your number nine early, you know, you need some help and then you can't go and miss a 0.5 XG chance at nil nil if you're gonna do fuck all else. Shit. Yeah, it's not good. So yeah, let's move on. Let's move that, on because it's uh, but, it was just shit. So we, we, there's nothing. There's nothing else. We can yeah, really we, the, there's the, no point going over it. Is there? We were beaten by a better team who wanted it more on the day with very similar quality players, if not you know lesser quality players in some aspects. But they they mm. just had a better game plan and they wanted it more than us. And I think ultimately, if when it comes down to a, a league where a lot of teams have very similar ability to start with that passion and determination and having the right tactical plan is what gets teams points. You know, they're, they're good at them. They beat Norwich the game before us, I believe. I know it's a bit of a depleted Norwich team, but they've put three past them and then three past us. So yeah, yeah. they're not, they're no mugs. So... Three defeats, three defeats in 14 home games since Nathan yeah. Jones went in. Six defeats in 27 overall, I think. So yeah, they are no that. mugs. Yeah, there can't be any teams like Luton stuff going around because they've just been this fair and square. Yeah, you mentioned it before, Jim. Nathan Jones's record at Luton: oh, 100, 100, 100 wins, wins. two hundred games. Phenomenally good, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, no, I, I know. No, no comment. I know you've no comment, but you know, question for you both. When he went to Stoke, though, when he went to Stoke, that's a job that was too big for him because he had egos and personalities. And you know, Jack Butland on sixty, seventy grand a week. He's not going to listen to Nathan Jones, you know, and that's why it fell fell apart because it was probably that too big a step up in terms of people and you know Stoke was rotten let's be honest when they come down from the Premier League they, they didn't perform well for the first few months in the Championship then they get Nathan Jones in and what they had there they had far too many players on far too much money you know because they it just wasn't working and I think Nathan Jones would be great at a club like Luton it'd be good here for us I think you know similar size club He'd be able to develop players, bring them on on limited budget because he's not spent an arm and a leg at Luton. I think he spent a million and a bit on Slug at the keeper that's out injured at the minute. He's I been mean, back though. Yeah, it's a club that it's a club back in a manager. Yeah, you know they signed what, Jordan the lad Clark who came off the bench from Accrington. Tom uh, Lockyer. Yeah, Drews before Nombe they've got on loan with a view to a permanent as well, haven't they? From uh, MK Dons. Yeah. They're just a club going in the right direction, backing a manager. And yeah, I hope he's our manager one day. That's yeah. probably, by the way, what Jimmy's saying. That's probably why Alex Neal turned Stoke down, by the way. But, he said, but if you think about Alex Neal turned, he turned down Sunderland before he came to us. A club in a, oh, did a club he? that was it. Yeah, he was, yeah. Third, he was third choice at Sunderland. Oh, so I didn't they had, know that. Their, their first choice was uh, Bladder Aberdeen, McInnes. Yeah. Somebody else. Then it was Alex Neal. And then it was Grayson as fourth choice. And obviously, as soon as Simon gets off of the job, that's when he goes. And it's like, well, you know, Alex Neal comes to a more stable club. It's like, I remember the, I remember the McInnes thing because that was in the press massively. There was there was two lads, and then there was Alex Neal's third choice, and then there was Grayson as fourth. Right, interesting. Question question for you both. Something that I've seen not a lot, but in in parts over the last few weeks. 
Some some people saying that we should be doing better because it's a weak championship. Do you do you agree that it is a weak championship this year? No. I don't. I think it's very even. I think there's a lot of there's five or six teams, maybe even more than that actually, towards the top end of the league that have the have the money of investing in their squad during the summer transfer window. You know, might have not paid the PAYE or tax bill, but they're getting a loan now for the Premier League interest free to be able to pay for that. Yeah. So, you know, they've played the game and they've come out, you know, on the right side of it, come out with an ace high flush. You know, it's, they've got away with it whilst we've, we've got a load of random cards. Um, so, yeah, they're well, still the best running club in the league, Jim. It doesn't bother me. I think, you know, results, the, the only thing that matters is results on the pitch. That's all that, that's all that's yeah. ever going to matter because if you don't get results on the pitch, you're going to end up in a league below you. So let's let's be frank. You know we've got to be ruthless in this industry, and we've got to get results on the pitch. It shouldn't matter how you get those results; you've got to get them. I don't think it's a poor league. I think it's a very even league from probably eighth to eighteenth, maybe twentieth. And I don't think there's that many bad t- bad teams as such. You know, Derby have turned the corner, so. Yeah, I think it's. Um, yeah. I think it'd be interesting in terms of where the league goes after probably twenty three, twenty four games. Um, but I, I would definitely not say it's a bad league. I think it's just a very unique season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's probably why we're seeing such weird results. Um, I'm still waiting for all those clubs to go out of business. By the way, we were told to go out of business by Christmas. Um, but yeah, we we uh, we paid our pays in full, so that. Yeah, it means fuck all, does it? Let's be honest. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know if it is a. I don't know if it's a weak league. I don't think there's a standout league as a standout team. Sorry, like there normally is. But I think, like Jimmy says, it just is very even. Most teams just got very similar quality players. Um, there's a lot of good coaches I'd, I'd, in the league. I'd say, I'd say there's a couple of of maybe. I'd say Watford and Bournemouth are probably the two that, if you were to compare them probably yeah. stand out from the rest maybe Norwich at a push yeah but, but I think but, outside of those three like you said the rest are probably very yeah. even well that's the three that's come down and they're not blowing the league away points wise North End have got four points from those three games so far yeah. so you know I think Brentford are 12 unbeaten now um, but I think they've only won five or six of them even Wickham I think that's three defeats in ten is it for Wickham you know, like Jimmy says, I think Derby are unbeaten in five now. Nottingham Forest are the team that's really struggling along with Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, I think it is a quite an even league. I'm not sure. I think the quality is probably slightly down on previous seasons, but I think that's partly due to, you know, it's it's Everything just such a, a, yeah, such a unique season. Teams haven't probably spent as much as they would normally last summer. Let's see what happens in January. There's been loads of injuries. You know, Josh Chrome's got a three-month injury. Tyrese Campbell out for the season now. We've got Pearson and Bauer, you know, with bad injuries. Um, you know, there's been a few other big injuries in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's just been a weird season. I think last season was the season for me to really push on. But, you know, if you're a strong team, like a team like Luton this season, they've got it spot on. The recruitment, they've got it spot on. Um, they can have a real go this season. North Enders haven't put themselves in that kind of position, have they? No. Which is disappointing. You look at the top six, there's only Reading that you don't expect to be in there in the season. Looking at it now, Norwich, Bournemouth, Swansea, Watford and Brentford in sixth. You know, Reading are in fifth. I can probably see five of them, six teams staying there. Um, you know, the three teams that came up are all in the bottom seven of the league. So, I, I, it's a very, 
you know, those with money, it's those with and then those without in terms of money and players, you know, and they're always going to, you know, it'll always even itself out at the end of the day. And, I, yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's by expectations from our point of view as well. That's like where do fans expect us to be? It'd be really interesting to see, well, I might just go back on that fans piece that I did at the start of the season. You know, yeah. I got over 100 responses in terms of where people thought we'd finish. And my expectation, I think I've put ninth, maybe 10th, and I can see us probably finishing 13th, 14th. It's not I think all three of us were around top 10. Yeah. It's not massively out, but I think we'll it sort of even itself out. I think I looked at points per game before, and if we end up with the points per game we've got so far this season, at the end of the season, last season would have finished 13th. So I just think we're very much a mid-table team, but yeah. January will decide a lot because if you lose, we'll finish mid-table with the squad we've got now. If you deplete the squad and you, and you strip it bare, then God knows what could happen, especially if you lose the manager as well. And that's just a bit of a reality check for me. You know, you look at what Hull did last season. They lost the two best players in the January, didn't replace them, and all of a sudden plummeted, didn't plummeted yeah, couldn't pick up form. For and me, though, for Hull had a manager who's never managed at a level before. I get that. And that's why I think it's key to keep hold of the manager as well, if we can. If you lose him and players, then... <laughs> Yeah, you know, that is not that's not even worth thinking about. The thing me. with yeah. Alex Neil though is if if we don't lose him, he's in his last year next year. Do you see him signing an extension? No, Alex Alex Neil's Alex Neil's going to leave. Why why would you why would you even contemplate no, exactly. signing an extension? It's a bit like he'll lock himself now. in. He'll lock himself in even longer. Yeah, it's like the players. What reason has Ben Pearson got to sign a contract here? Absolutely, you know, nothing. It, it, it's a damning indictment of of where the club's going. Yeah, um, I think it was a couple of months ago. It might not have been that long ago. I strongly uh, rejected any talk of finishing in the bottom six. I think it was mentioned on here. I can't see us ever finishing in the bottom six with Alex nearly. But like Jimmy says, if he leaves, you know the next appointment would have to be Sparm. Because got to be, you know, has to be. We've 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 beat Bournemouth three two. We've just beat Middlesbrough three nil, and then we've been beaten three nil yesterday. I think that's just smacks of a mid-table side to me. I don't think you'd see. I don't think you'd see. No disrespect, but a team like Wickham going to Bournemouth and winning three nil, three two. Sorry, so, yeah. yeah. I just, you know, I just, I think we've got results in us. Um, but yeah, yesterday was the first time. Like I said, the commitment was just a real issue for me, and I don't think I'd see that. Right. Well, we can call that a break. Go and get a brew, and uh, we'll come back for part two for some listener questions. See you in a bit, fellas. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanks Live. Lanks Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanks Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. 
in this part, we've got a few listener questions to answer and then we'll finish by looking ahead to Tuesday night's Barnsley game. Uh, yeah, so as always, these listener questions have all come from people on Twitter. Uh, in fact, no, apart from one, one of them hasn't. Uh, but yeah, we'll get started with a question from Ollie Hargreaves, who asks, will losing the big four, probably all on freeze, be the biggest boardroom disaster at North End? And how do you see us recovering from it? question just before either of you get stuck into that i think there's stuff that's gone on before the three of us probably started watching north end around the re-election era that we're we're definitely not best place to comment on um but in terms of our sort of supporting lifetime mm-hmm. i would i would encapsulate that question in that sort of time frame so for anyone yeah. listening just sort of think about it from we're we're all in like our twenties ish, Jim. Just about, just about not thirty one. But yeah, still think about in it that sort of time frame if you're listening. Obviously, it's not ever, and we're we're aware of yeah. stuff that's gone on in yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, in terms of modern day championship and the past nine years of Peter Ridsdale being at the club, yes, it's going to be the biggest disaster if you want to call it. Um, I think Maurice Lindsay's appointment at the football club and his tenure at the football club, um, that was probably just as big a disaster. Losing Billy Jones on a free transfer and then getting relegated, that now that was a disaster because we literally had to reset and start again. Um, Phil Brown tried it, and then obviously we know what happened after we we sat Phil Brown. That fifteen month period doesn't need mentioning again for me. No, nope. it's um, yeah, I think that was a bigger disaster. In terms of where we're at as a football club now, then yeah, I think it's 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 a critical six weeks until the end of the January transfer window for me. I think you know we've got to know by the end of January we're in just a stronger position, if not stronger. Ideally, I don't think it's going to happen, but we need to, you know, we need to make the most of the situation. If we have to sell the the four and replace them, then that so be it. If we can get one or two signed up, great. But I can't see it happening. I can see I can only see one signing on personally out of the four. Hopefully, Darnell signs as well, so that'll be two. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a we're we're at critical point for for me this next four, five, six weeks of the football club. I think just from a, an economics point of view, it's just business suicide. Like th- them four players. Think about pre-COVID era. If they're all signed up to deals, they're worth like fifty million pound between the four, and you're losing yeah. them for nothing. It's an absolute scandal. It's it's for me. We've had relegations and stuff, but that is an absolute scandal. It's it it's just inexplicable how it can get to that stage. Imagine if any other club in the league had their four best players out of contract in six months. It's. It, it, it just wouldn't it, happen. I mean, you you mentioned you gave an example of, um, oh, who was it at Brentford? Jay De, Josh De Silva. Yeah. And he, he had like two and a half, three years left on his contract, and he signed the new four-year contract about six weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's proactive. It's, yeah, exactly. If we lost, if we, I don't think I think we will sell one or two in in January for small fees, but we, I think we are probably going to lose four, three, three. Three or four of the five, if you want to put it as the five. What comes after that is a scary part because you, mm. you can miss out. You miss out on 40, 50 million pounds. But what comes after that? 
Yeah. That's the well, scary we, we part all, for we me. We all know the club's reluctance to re- adequately replace players. Well, Peter came out, I think it was two weeks ago now, he did the Lanks Live with George, um, and he said, he made out that these are the best contracts the club's ever offered, but it's it's six it's six or twelve months too late. It's desperation yeah. stuff, and yeah. if if you lose them players, Trevor, it's it's it goes back again. It's like false economy, because you won't pay them you won't pay them early enough big wages to stay. You end up losing them, and then you're not going to replace. You can't replace them players by spending money. You can't replace a Ben Pearson. You, you get worse. You don't replace him. You get worse as a club, yeah. as a team. You get worse, and it only ends up with relegation if you lose your best players. How many times? Hull City, like Jimmy mentioned before, prime example. They sold Grzycki and uh, Jarrod Bowen, and they got relegated. All right, it's slightly different because they were a very unstable club. They had Grant McCann, who was a bit out of his depth last season and didn't have a great squad. But, you know, it only the club ain't going to improve, let's just put it that way, from selling these mm. players. It's an absolute travesty. It's a travesty. And last season was a time we really needed to go for it because we, we all saw this coming. It's, it's, it just gets you angry thinking about it. Yeah, we spoke about it for 12 months, about these contracts. It's, it's something that we all knew was coming, you know, 18 months ago. You know, last December, I think I listened to, listened to one of our old um, episodes earlier this week and um, we talked about the contract situation last December because we knew it was coming. Yeah, we've we been knew, talking about knew, it for months. Well, that's what I mean. We knew it was coming, but it's like we've just reacted too late. And now it's got to the point where agents will be thinking, you know, I can get a decent signing or get a decent fee for, for these players leaving on a free. You know, they'll get um, a life-changing amount of money from a signing on fee point of view because clubs aren't going to have to spend as much for a, a transfer fee, yeah. which will only go one place, that transfer fee. It'll go, it'll probably go three places. Actually, it'll stay with the club. It'll go to the player and it'll go to the player's agent for them to sign for the club. So, you know, for example, like a five million pound fee and this goes for a million quid, you can guarantee a player will get a million pound and, you know, an agent will probably get three, you know, a quarter, half a million as well. So, you know, these people are going to make money out of this situation, unfortunately. And mm. whilst that, you know, from a, a moral and a, an ethical point of view, probably doesn't sit comfortably with people, that's unfortunately the world we live in. You know, and that's football. You know, football is a very money-obsessed industry and that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, it's a short career for these players. You know, it's probably a 17, 18-year professional career. You know, why wouldn't you try and get yourself the biggest payday you can so you don't have to work post 35, 36 years old? Or so you can buy yourself some property so you've got a steady income stream once you retire from football. Because they don't get the pension until they're 55 from the PFA. You know, they don't get the pension from... Being 35, 36 year old. So I think, they've got. I think you can draw it early, can't you? Yeah? When I, you're retired, you can choose to, with, uh, to take it early. If that's I'm the sure case. I'm Parky and Brownie talking about. Yeah, I thought, it's, I thought it'd been moved to 55. If, correct me if I'm wrong, if if um, if you're listening and you know more about yeah. it. But I thought I read somewhere that it, it moved to 55 um, when you can withdraw like the full pension. And if that's the case, then. You know, these guys need some sort of income from the minute they retire to the minute they get the pension. You know, yeah, they can't think, just be sat on their arse. Yeah, I think the point is they're all individuals and who are we to say how much money they should be allowed to make? Mm. You know, every single person has got to look after themselves and the family. 
Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if they're already if they're on ten grand a week now, great. But they can go and get twenty five grand a week elsewhere. Great for them. You know, we can't hold anything against these players. You know, if we offered Daniel Johnson fifteen grand a week a year ago, we're probably going to sign it. Yeah. You know, but now you, you can say that about four of them. You can say it about players. all of them. Of course, you could exactly. But now their agent's been in the head. These players can agree to sign for clubs in two weeks, probably on twenty five grand a week. It's a no-brainer. It, it's the players are the last people to blame for this. And, hmm. you know, even if it, people can say, you know, it's even if it's a short career, it's greedy, but they're well entitled to do whatever they want to do to better themselves. They owe us nothing as a club. Hmm. Um, so I wish, I, I wish them all the best and I hope they earn a lot more money elsewhere than, you know, North End should have got with the market a lot sooner. Because we want to sell in the market, but we don't want to operate in the market, you know, in terms of wages and transfer fees. So, you know, the hierarchy so the, of the club is to blame for this. Yeah. The second part of the question, then. Sorry. No, go on. As I was just say, out the four of them, you know, Alan Brown has been here since he was 18. He's been here, what, eight years? It's not like you've not got decent service out of him. Ben Davis has been here since he was eight years old. He's been here for mm. the best part of 18 years as, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a, since he was a kid. You know, traveling yeah. from Barrow every other, you know, two, three times a week when he was in the academy or yeah. centre of excellence, as it was. You know, EJ's how can been we begrudge, six years now. Yeah, how can we begrudge him a move if he's going to triple his salary? You know, with a young family at home. You know, and he seems a lovely lad from from all accounts. You know, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that for your family? I think you know, like we like we said, we've just reacted so late to this. You know, instead of being proactive 12, 18 months ago and trying to get, even if it was just another year, you know, because let's be honest, no one came in for two of them in the summer. The only bids we had were for Ben Davis, and that was a paltry offer of what, about three million quid from Bournemouth and DJ. And even that that offer was crap from Rangers because it, by all accounts, it had additional fees and stuff that aren't guaranteed because they come from a foreign country. Because yeah. whilst everyone sees Scotland as part of the United Kingdom, FIFA recognises Scotland and England as two completely separate entities. So, you know, transfer fees aren't guaranteed. You know, if, if Rangers decide to hold back on a fee, just fuck all North End can do. So why wouldn't you reject a move like a, 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 an offer of that description? I completely get why they rejected it. Do you not think in hindsight you should have sold it? Possibly, but... If you, it's if you're to gonna, say in if hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, you reject, if you're going to reject a crap offer, then fair enough, which we did. If, if Rangers came back and offered us more than uh, offered us what we wanted at the time, then that's fair enough. But they then went and got a lad on loan for the season, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've gone elsewhere and got probably what they consider as value for money because they can get DJ in 12 months' time for Nada. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the second part of that question then, how do you see us recovering from it? Very hard. Uh, and it comes down to recruitment for me. You know, how you've got to recruit the right people the right players, you know, to fit in with the system that the manager wants, whoever the manager mm-hmm. may be. And does that become harder now that the head of recruitment is leaving? Without a shadow of a doubt for me. But at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself the question, why is a head of recruitment leaving a club to go to a Scottish championship side? And I think, you know, and one of Alex Neal's probably senior lieutenants, and I think that's probably the best way I can describe him. He's been there since, you know, day one at Hamilton all the way through to when he left to go to Norwich, all the way through to him getting sat to Norwich, and he's been at North End since day one of arriving. You yeah. know, and now he's left to go to a Scottish Championship team, a good Scottish Championship team that will walk the league, don't get me wrong, in hearts, so he probably 
wouldn't have got relegated if it wasn't for COVID. However, you know, he's going back up to Scotland. But I just think, you know, look at it. Alex Neal and Joe Savage probably grew up in this. They grew up in the same little town just outside Hamilton. You know, they grew, they've probably grown up together. And now I think it's a hammer blow for Alex Neal in leaving. You know, you can look at the recruitment record and, and slag it off all you want. But end of the day, he's, he's recommended players to come to the football club that we haven't got over the line. So, yeah. you know, what did what what do you do? Yeah. And it's I think a challenge all, as well. It might be it might be to the Scottish Championship, but it's a challenge that the club's own Twitter referred to as an exciting new challenge. So that that's all politics. That, but I think it's a good move for him personally because he's got fuck all saying what happens at North End. Yeah, let's be honest. All he can do is recommend players. You know, he can't go and physically sign the players, but from what I gather at heart, he'll have um, a lot more say in just the general running of the club, which would be good for him. Because, you know, a couple of people have said he's very highly regarded within the game, so all the best to him. But like Jimmy says, we're losing one of Alex Neal's, probably Alex Neal's most trusted, you know, friend slash member of staff to a Scottish second division side. Don't, you, you can dress it up how you want, but it's not a good indication of where the club's at. Um, in terms of how do we recover from losing the big four, I think it also coincides with you're probably going to lose a manager along the way. The club's going to have a massive reset. We need to get back to the old way. I know it was much easier in League One, but signing the likes of Hugel, Robinson, Pearson, Johnson, um, you know, bringing others through from the youth system like Ben Davis. Obviously, we've got Earl and a few others, but we can't sign washed up League One slash SPL standard players because it's going to end us in League One. And, you know, signing up players, average players who are already at the club is not going to improve you. So, very concerning next period yeah. of time. Very concerning. You know, yeah. we think this season's bad. I don't think this season's been that bad. We think it's it's only going to get worse from here for me. Yeah. Next one, then, was from... A, it was a similar sort of question asked by two different people on Twitter. Uh, Chris Riley and Kyle Fleming. And the, both their questions revolved around the seeming unrest off the pitch, obviously with the uh, situation with Joe Savage leaving, the contract situation, Alex's obvious frustrations, you know, all the comments he's made in the press. And basically, do, do you see him walking? Um, we had this discussion, didn't we, last night, Duke? I don't yeah. think he'll ever, I don't think he'll ever walk away and forego, you know, seven figures because that's what he'll be. That's what he'll be losing out on. What well, I don't think he should resign. He's got his mid-table with his hands tied behind his back. Um, he's well, you know. I don't think he's got any reason to walk. Um, so I can't see him ever resigning. Really. No, I'd be I'd be shocked if he resigned. I I wouldn't be shocked if he left. Is the other thing I'd say. If he had a job to go to and it was a mutual agreement that he left, that wouldn't shock me. I, I don't think he'd leave with without a job to go to or without a. Um, a guaranteed job within a month or so. Yeah. That's the only that's way I some can kind see of plan. Him. Yeah, that's the only way I can see him leaving. Um, and then obviously having some agreement that he can take a job straight away, which obviously he didn't have when he left Norwich to come to North End, as Peter told yeah. us on the podcast. So, um, yeah, I think it's that's really key, you know, for him if he does leave or when he leaves, because I think it's it's a matter of time. I think yeah. he loves working, doesn't he? I think he just loves being in football. Going through, I just think I could never see him walking away from it, like Jimmy said, without anything else to go into. Yeah. But it's like you, you don't, you'd never leave a job without a plan, you know, or without a plan of what job you're going to go into next. 
you know, you've just left a job, Ollie, you know, but you've got a plan of what you're going to do next. Yeah. You know, I used to work in that industry of recruitment where, you know, you don't just leave a job with nothing to go to because that just looks dodgy and just doesn't look right. So yeah. if there's anyone out there that's yeah. about to leave a permanent position to, with nothing to go to, I strongly advise you not to because it just yeah. looks crap on your CV. You don't, you don't see football managers do it anymore. How often does a manager just resign? It, I don't, I don't think it happens, does it really? No, like Paul Cook, really, isn't there? That's yeah. I think that was given the given the circumstances. You, you can understand it, can't you? Just say, just say completely different situation there. You know, you don't but tend to well, see people I, just walking away from the game and just like having a a sabbatical or anything like that. It just doesn't tend to happen anymore. How many times as well have we seen over the the last few years managers getting sacked? You know, never mind walking away, getting sacked, and then never getting a job in the game again. It's so hard to get back into. Yeah. Look at Larry. Look at Simon Grayson. You know, sacked. Well, left us. Sat by Sunderland. Sat by Bradford. Bradford. Been out of work since. Oh, sat by Blackpool. No, as back, well. back into Blackpool and then sat by them sacked. as well, wasn't it? So three seconds in a row. You know, no, no, really going to touch him at minute unless you're lead two side. And he's yeah. gone from being a stable Championship manager. To now not even being able to get a job, you know mm-hmm. that's how quickly the tide can turn. Yeah, I think he'd, I think he'd make a good advisor somewhere. To be honest, Simon Grayson, I think he'd be. If you've got a young manager in place, then I think he'd be a good like a step above him if he's going to step away from management. I don't think he's probably at the age to step away from management yet, but he's got a trusted backroom staff. You know, Ian Miller, he's the guy who spotted DJ in person, and a lot of those talents that obviously went to work with him at Sunderland. I believe he's starting to work now. He's, you know, I'd, if we can know who's Joe Savage, and why can't if he's if he's locally enough, Ian Miller, then why wouldn't you try and get him back? If he's the guy who spotted all these talents, then yeah. try and get him back in the club. Well, it seems like that's fallen to one man at the moment. Well, it does, but it can't all be on Peter's head. You, the, the, you'd the, think the, that Peter would have enough to do at the club without dealing more directly in in the transfers. Precisely. So he's, he's going to need help of some description. He's going to need a replacement chief scout or head of recruitment, whatever they want to band it, you know, sort of band it out at, you know. So, yeah, got, we've got to get a replacement in because this next six, seven weeks, it's so key. There's an overhaul yeah. coming that, you know, and whether you have the overhaul next month or in July or June, July, it's coming. it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. You can't, that, we can't can't shy away from it. You can't go into one of those. But we can't go into a battle without a head of recruitment or, mm. or someone who's actually can spot a player or have, or have a plan. Because Christ, the minute we've just got what an empty notepad. That's all it feels like we've got. And potentially this lad from Ireland. That's it. The thing is, the club were operating. The whole thing they said was they were operating on a one in one out basis or one out one in. You know, it's. We're still carrying Louis Malt, David Nugent, you know, Connor Ripley. Billy Bowden. Billy Bowden. How do you shift these players? Can't with, still... the, with the salary cap. You can't exactly. with the salary cap in it's... League One and Two. They've got to either what... go up north to Scotland where they don't pay the money anyway. Yeah. Or or they go on the dole in yeah. you know, eight months' time when they're out of contract. Yeah. So I can't see how North End bring in four or five in January. Which mm. we need. I don't see how we do it. I can only see us bringing in a centre back. I, mean, I can't. Really. I can't see it unless I think it'll literally be one of the big four goals. We'll try and replace. I can only see us bringing in a centre back, even though we all know we need more. 
So well, we'll we'll be doing a full episode about transfers in in about um less than a month, about three weeks ish, early January. Um, so yeah, that's one to look out for. Um, last one then. This is a point that a friend of yours made. I think it was Jim. Um, yeah, Craig McKenna. He's on Twitter. Yeah, that's it, Craig McKenna. Um, it's based around the comments from Alan Brown in the press who is quoted post-match yesterday as saying, it's obviously referring to the game and the performance, it's inexcusable. There was no one playing football, no aggressiveness, no one competing, just nothing. You could have got 11 randomers from the street and they probably would have done better. And Craig basically asks around the quote, what do you guys think? Has there been a fallout within the team? It sounds, whatever it may be, uh, heavy to come out with that. So yeah, what 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 do you think? I think it's your captain holding his players to account. It's what you'd want from your captain to say to come out and say that it's not acceptable because that performance yesterday wasn't acceptable. And a few home truths will have been told in that. You know, a few coffee cups will have been kicked, boots against the wall, etc. I think they'll show more passion in the changing room after the game than they showed on the pitch. But they've got to they've got to turn it around and they've got to show it Tuesday night. Yeah, Brown is a very honest lad, isn't he? You've got to remember, they do those interviews, you know, very soon after the final whistle. Um, High emotions, won't they? Yeah, he doesn't hold back. But, you know, rather than holding them to account after the game, do it on the pitch. Yeah. I love Alan Brown, but he's not one to, you know, bollock people on the pitch, is he? I think there was a clear lack of leadership yesterday. I think, you know, if you're giving Paul Hunter to the new deal, which I think we are, why is he not captain? Make him captain if he's a leader. If that's why you're keeping him, you know, make him captain. Don't play politics with a contract and make Brownie a captain if he's not captain material. But I don't know if there's been a fallout. I just think players are humans. Alan Browns doesn't know what his future holds. Same as the others. I just it, it no didn't feel it didn't feel them. good. Yeah, but I think me and Jimmy have said it. I can't remember if it was on here or just having a chat, but. Brownie's come out and said quite a lot of stuff like that in the last few months. Yeah. He doesn't, so, doesn't beat about the bush, does he? No, which is fair enough, isn't it? You'd rather that than just a media-trained, yeah. you know, boring whatever it is. But do it on the pitch. Don't put in a performance like that. And then words are easy, aren't they, to say after after a game like that. But, you know, the, the, rea- the reaction needs to come on Tuesday. Um, you know... Brownie never excels for me from a deeper position, but you know he was very poor yesterday. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens on Tuesday. But he stayed on the pitch, but he could have been subbed off very easily. Yeah, I think all of them could have been. If yeah. honest, so yeah, yeah. Tuesday. Well, on to Tuesday then. Tough game, no doubt about that. They're above us at the minute, but only by two points. I think we. I don't know if we said at the start of this or when before we started recording, but. Similar results in terms of wins or defeats. That there's not many draws in there, um, and it, from what I saw, it looks like they've improved defensively compared to last season. I think the same point last season. I think 18 games in, they've conceded 37 goals, and so far they've only conceded 23. So you'd look at that as an improvement. Yeah, not not an easy game. Still a high number of goals conceded that. I think we've conceded the most in the league now with 28, 28 or something. Yeah. So 20, still a lot, you know, but they've won seven of the last 11 games. Like you said, no draws, seven wins, four defeats. Um, 
got a new lad from abroad, got good experience in France and Germany and Austria, playing 3-4-3, high-pressing football. You know, Barnsley know what they're doing. They know what they want. It's working all right for a minute. So, yeah, it'll be a tough game. You know, there was a lot of interest in Corley Woodrow in summer. Gave him a new deal, paying off now. So, yeah, I don't think we tend to do that well um, since Alex Neal's been here going to Oakwell. Um, we won that remember, last season. Won last year. Oh, shit, I forgot that. I just remember Ke- I remember Kevin O'Connor's <laughs> performance at, at Oakwell, which has probably blurred my memory a bit. So, yeah, forgot about that, actually. We went there with a diamond, didn't we? Yeah, Barky and Sinclair. Sinclair Sinclair up front, front. yeah. So, that was a nice... Yeah, but Barky and DJ scored, didn't they? Can't remember. But Barky and DJ, uh, Sinclair side up front in the diamond. Yeah. I think Harrop might have played. Weren't in the 20, weren't in the 20 yesterday. But, yeah, it's it's another quick turnaround, isn't it? So, he will make changes, I'm guessing. I think Um, he's got to. Yeah. Don't he's got much choice. He, um, it'll be Hughes and Fisher's third game in a week after after injury if they start. You know, Stockley can't start again. Um, Potts looks like he's got an injury. Hunts might have an injury. DJ's obviously back available. You know, Ledson was poor. Brown was poor. So, you know, I think the only two players who came out of any credit were Sinclair and Davis for me yesterday. And even then, it was only it was limited credit as well, weren't it? So it's not like they've, they weren't not they like weren't as shit as the rest. Yeah, okay. that's not that's, it's not a, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to do, is it? They were all awful yesterday, but yeah. yeah, I think you know, looking at Barzi, you know, they've not kept a clean sheet last six games. I like Connor Chaplin. I think he's a good little pocket player. I think you know he's good at Coventry when obviously before he moved to to Barnsley. Um, two good centre midfielders. Uh, Matty James, as we all know from probably ten years ago now, I think we had him. Yeah, uh, when he when he was at Man United on loan, but obviously doing all right at Barnsley this season, um, and then Alex Mowat, who I think's a cracking player. I think he, I think he's perfect for us if we ever got the opportunity to sign him. Really, I think he's he's, he's, a he's really he's, nice system. He's free in summer. Yeah, mm, signed an really... extension, didn't he? Oh, did he? Only a one-year extension last summer because he was he was out of contract. Oh, right. Summer just gone. Yeah. yeah. So, or it might have been like a, an option that the club had. Yeah, he's good, Pot- he's good friends with Potts and Lassie, Potsy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. From what I've seen, they're all in IB for together, weren't they? So, yeah, I think it'll be it's just another tough game for us. You know, you can't go to to them and underestimate them. Um, I think I don't think they will do, but I think it's it's just a tough game for us to have. It's a very similar team, very similar opposition to, to us. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I look at the, the game and, you know, I know no game's easy, but if you want, if you've got aspirations of being a top half team, you've got to win away games like this, unfortunately. And I'm just not sure that they, they've got to put it right from, from from Saturday. You know, if they come out all guns blazing and play like they did at Bournemouth or they play like they did against Borough, then we've got every chance. If they match what they did on Saturday, we're going to get an absolute pace then. So. The thing is, they will play. They will press us high like Luton. I don't mind us being pressed if we've got a mobile number nine who can, you know, run in the space. I think that actually suits us sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I if think it the issue space, is space. If it creates yeah. space when they press, then then you've got to have the right personnel to take advantage of it. Yeah, I think the issue for me is when you go direct and you don't play into the space. You play to the head or the chest. You don't hold it up. You become very stretched. 
But if you play into the space, I think it could suit us. So, you know, if Reese starts, I think it, it could be similar similar games to sort of the Reading slash QPR games for me. So, you know, it is a tough game, but I'm not going to shy away from it. You know, we, we are very good away from home. Yeah. yeah, yesterday was more of an exception than the rule. So, you know, as long as we bounce back in terms of commitment, physicality, athleticism, but defensively, you know, Paul Hunterton and Jordan Story are both operating at very poor levels for me. So it's, it's a major concern, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, last 10 games for Barnsley, they've got the same amount of points as Bournemouth, Watford and Swansea. And only Brentford and Norwich have got more points than them. So... Last ten games, they're no mugs, are know, they? They're no mugs, but yeah, they won seven, they won seven, right. eleven, aren't they? You know, yeah, eighteen points from ten games. That's that's mm. decent, you know. So it it's a tough game, you know. Don't just think oh, it's only Barn, it's only Barnsley or anything like that, because that's when games like this come and bite on the arse and quite bite us quite hard at the minute. So, do you think the players got, thought that? Do you think the players thought that about Luton? No, I don't. I don't think anyone can underestimate Luton. You know, you don't go. You don't beat Norwich at home and and be a shit seat, be a shit team. Mm. Um, I don't think the players underestimated them at all. I just don't don't do up for it as much as Luton were. Luton, Luton wanted it more. That's that's yeah. And tactically, they their manager did a job on ours. Yeah. That's all you can say about it. You can't really say that. I don't think we underestimated them at all. I, you know, because it, it didn't help that we couldn't find feet. You know, with our passes, you know, our pass percentage wasn't great. Whilst we've had more possession than Luton, when we're actually in the final third, you know, I think yesterday was the most in terms of action zones. You know, Luton has spent 44% of the game in our third. That doesn't happen with Alex Neal. You know, we we tend to be on the front foot. We tend to spend more time in the opposition third and then get caught on the counter. That's when we tend to concede. But yesterday we just got dominated. And yeah. I don't, I've not really seen that under an Alex Neal team at North End. And I, I think it'll be a different game on Tuesday night, don't be wrong. I don't think they'll dominate the game like Luton did. However, you know, they are good in transition. They, they are a good team, you know, with the players that they've got. So, yeah, it'll just be an interesting game. I think, you know, if we can do what Bournemouth did to him the other week. You know, Bournemouth put four past him in about a week ago. I think it might have been two weeks ago, maybe, on the Sky game. But then, obviously, they've come back and beat Wickham the game after that. So, they're not averaging high ball possession. You know, they're averaging like 50, 51%. So, it'll be quite an even game for me. Yeah. Predictions, then? 2-0 North End. Jim? Two apiece. Yeah, I'll go 1-1. One, one. can see us no, scoring, so... but I can see us conceding as well. Yeah. Um, especially without, without Pat. Yeah. And if Hunts is out injured and we've got story in, then we're guaranteed a mistake, aren't we? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope it's a positive midweek podcast for us. Yeah. Um, Just turn it around. Let's turn it around, boys. That's all we asked for. Yeah. Would you take a nil nil? No. I'd take a clean sheet, yeah, all day long. I won't take I won't take a point before any game, me. Fair enough. And what's the point? Ta- um Well, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I know, boys. Well, it's, it's exactly that, isn't it? It's a point. Yeah, but what does it mean that you take a point before the game? Does that mean you go and set up for a nil-nil? I don't think. I don't think Alex Neal's tap manager to set up for a nil-nil. No. I don't think it's in his makeup really. I don't think it's in his makeup to set up for a nil-nil. I think it's one of them where 
if it's the 85th minute and it's nil nil, you take a point you, then. You take a point. Yeah. But I take I, I take a clean sheet over anything to be honest because if you keep a clean sheet, you only have to score one goal to win the game. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Well, we've got to start keeping clean sheets. You know, we've kept only yeah. our fourth clean sheet of the season in midweek against Borough. You know, we've played eighteen games. You know, that's crap. It's not. It's, that's not good enough at this level, unfortunately. Got to keep. Mm. You can't expect to have to score two goals every single game to have a chance of winning. You can't do it. That's that's not sustainable because you know we'd have to score a minimum of thirty-six goals in the first eighteen games of the season to even have a chance of winning every game. You know, and I know we're not going to win every game, but. Give yourself the give yourself the chance. Yeah, you know, don't just put yourself out of it straight away by conceding two crap early goals like we did on on Saturday, yeah. and then we just we just, uh, we just need to draw a line under Saturday, I think, because it was that shit. Yeah, yeah. got good delivery well, from set pieces as well, by the way. So, you know, we've conceded four set pieces in away games in a row. So, something to look out for. No fans in, is there? No, <clears throat> no. North of England, isn't it, mate? How are we good have got fans in, you know? It's quite oh, surprised myself that, yeah. Is that quite a Tory part of the country? More than likely. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Mainly inhabited by old people as well. Um, different right, different yeah. podcasts, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. And thank Cheers, you, listener, for listening to episode 22 of the From the Finney podcast. We've got probably, I don't know, it feels like a busy period coming up, but it probably isn't for us. So we're recording... Uh, obviously, straight after the Barnsley game on Tuesday, that'll probably be out Wednesday morning. Then we're going to be recording straight after the Bristol City game on Friday night. Depending on how that goes, we'll be releasing that either again straight after or Saturday morning, and that turns us into Centurions as well. That's our hundredth episode. Then it'll be a meets episode on the Monday. I haven't decided who yet, and then you'll be without us for a week and a bit. So our next episode after the 21st will be on the 30th or the 31st. Uh, We're recording on the 30th and it'll be a monthly review slash year in review episode. So we'll be joined by George from Lanks Live for that. Um, We're going to try and get it done in the day as well, I think, aren't we, lads? So that'll be probably one that comes out the same day. So that'll probably be out on the Wednesday the 30th. And then after that, we'll be back to normal. But we do also have plans for a, a transfer specific episode probably in the week building up to the FA Cup game and hopefully we've got a guest coming on as well in the next well next month I'd say but yeah um, that, that'll be a good one to keep sort of yeah keep your ears and eyes peeled for who that'll be on social media this uh, part so your missus can make a note you saw due source in due course piss off you <laughs> <laughs> nice one I've just made a note I'm, I hope listeners have made a note of all that it's on my calendar yeah. at home I'll send, I'll send you a picture I, I, I haven't I haven't actually told you Ollie but I figured that most more, more often than not with most of that you'd be fine anyway nice one right yeah cheers thank you <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see you on Tuesday night boys thank you very much right see you later